up, yo? It's Mark Shannon with the Fantasy Knockout Fantasy Football Show. Today is Friday, September 30th. You can follow the show on any social media platform at Fantasy Knockout. Make sure to subscribe whatever platform you're watching or listening on. And let's hit that goal of 100 subscribers on YouTube. Um, I'm excited for today's show. It's the week four must-start players, the guys that we got to get in our lineups. Who are we feeling confident about this week? Who are we worried about? Uh, quick reminder, let's... Uh, Check those waivers. Make sure some of these players that get dropped are better than what was out there in the first place. So just double check those waivers. Um, coming home from a uh, nice little two-day vacation in Vegas, celebrating the wife's birthday and all. A little, still a little puffy and hungover. <laughs> so I'll, we'll get through today's show. Um, let's talk some news. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here is the news. News with views. A quarterback, Tua Tagalavoa, out of Miami. He was sacked and his head slammed on the ground. Uh, he was forced from the game um, with a head injury, obviously. Um, he was di- discharged from the hospital Thursday evening and traveled back home with the Dolphins to Miami. We're not sure how long he's going to be out. Um, they're saying concussion right now. We'll see. we got to monitor it. We'll know more uh, next week. Running back Alvin Kamara out of New Orleans. His court hearing for his felony battery has been delayed until November 9th. Um, it was delayed, or it last was delayed August 1st. Um, there was also reports saying that the lawyers are coordinating a meeting for no- negotiations and they'll continue to dodge a suspension this season. So the court stuff with Kamara, it's going to be next year, so we don't have to worry about it this year. And the wide receiver, Sterling Shepard out of the New York Giants, he tore his ACL in week three against the Cowboys. He's out for the rest of the season. Main event, the must-start players for week four. And if I didn't talk about a specific player you're looking for, please check out the rankings at fantasyknockout.com. Speaking of rankings, I'm currently eighth in overall accuracy accuracy for season to date. So that is up to weeks one, two, and three. Nailing it right now. We're top ten. Whoop, whoop. Quarterbacks. All right, so my quarterbacks, we're going to start Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos. That's right. Yes, I said Russell Wilson, who has been struggling. This game is going to be very telling for the Denver Broncos, for the offense, in what could be the last time anyone addresses to start or play Russ. Uh, The Raiders have given up a top eight or higher fantasy quarterback in each week this season. Uh, Wilson hasn't thrown a red zone touchdown yet. Uh, which should turn around at some point, and I'm expecting it to to be this week. The Denver team has struggled inside the 20-yard line, and this matchup against the Raiders could be the turning point. Uh, Then start, we're going to stream Jared Goff of the Detroit Lions. So Goff has seven touchdown passes through three games. Even more impressive is that five of those are in the red zone. Uh, He has been throwing more when the team gets inside the 20-yard line, which should continue to produce touchdown opportunities for Goff. The best argument for Goff is Amon Ross St. Brown. Right now, Seattle is allowing the NFL's fifth highest expected points per pass attempt and the highest yards per attempt. Running backs. All right, my running backs. We're going to start Brees Hall out of the New York Jets. He played 51% of the snaps in week three, carrying the ball eight times while seeing a team-high 11 targets. It was the first time all season we've seen him play more snaps than Michael Carter. While Carter still saw more carries with 11, the passing game usage went Hall's way. The Steelers have allowed 25.8 fantasy points per game to running back so far this season, the ninth most in the NFL. So start Hall. My other co-start running back is going to be Jamal Williams out of Detroit. So DeAndre Swift is out. He's going to miss some time. 
Williams already leads the league in carries inside the 10-yard line and already carved out a role in this offense. That will surely evolve with no Swift, uh, making Williams a weekly running back two with more upside until Swift returns. Um, he gets to go in a favorable spot against the Seahawks this week. And then my fade of the week is J.K. Dobbins out of Baltimore. Uh, it was great seeing him return in week three. He ended up playing 44% of the snaps, carried the ball seven times for 23 yards, and caught both his targets for 17 yards. He finished with six fantasy points, so a solid start for Dobbins. We're liking it. He just he gets a pass rush for it being his first time back, but until he shows his usual workload and burst, it's tough to trust him right now. Um, it's especially tough considering he faces the Bills, who have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs this week. Leave Dobbins on the bench this week. Wide receivers. All right, my wide receivers, we're going to kick it off with Chris Olave, the rookie out of New Orleans. So he nearly broke fantasy Twitter when he had 307 air yards on targets in week two. He followed that up with 182 in week three and has by far the most in the NFL. But what you have to love is that he turned it into actual production. Um, this past week, finishing with nine catches for 147 yards on a team-high 13 targets. It is a second week in a row he has led the Saints in targets in, and in air yards. He might not be the wide receiver one in title, but he certainly has been in production. Olave is a strong wide receiver two start with more upside in London this week. And Michael Thomas is out. My stream of the week is going to be DK Metcalf out of Seattle. He got back on track last week with five catches for 64 yards and a touchdown with 12 targets. Pete Carroll said they needed to funnel the ball to Metcalf, and they did. This week, they faced the Lions, who are allowing the six most expected points per pass attempt and the eighth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So feel free to turn his way and chase that volume. And my wide receiver fade of the week is going to be Russell Gage out of Tampa Bay. So he's coming off a huge game in which he scored 24.7 fantasy points, going for 12 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown on a team-high 13 targets. That is what we like to see. We call the Julian Edelman special. Um, this issue with that style of performance is it relies heavily on volume. It was tough for Gage to get going early, but with the Bucks playing catch-up down the, the stretch, he was able to quickly rack up those targets. The Bucks could go, they could be playing catch up again this week in the Super Bowl rematch from two years ago. But Mike Evans is going to be back. Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin could also be potentially back. If either of those two return, it makes it unlikely for Gage to build off of his big week three. So let's sit Gage. Let's fade him. No, we're not starting. He's not a must start this week. Tight ends. All right, my tight end star of the week is going to be TJ Hawkinson out of Detroit. Hawkinson is coming off his best game of the season in which he caught three passes for 18 yards and a touchdown. In total, he finished with 10.5 fantasy points, but he sees pretty safe volume each week, which keeps him in play as a low-end tight end one. He has a favorable matchup this week against the Seahawks, who have allowed 14.5 fantasy points per game to tight ends, the ninth most in the NFL. That is after struggling against the position last year. And then my fade for this week, I know we've been telling you guys to pick him up, is Logan Thomas of Washington. There was some hope for Thomas after he scored a touchdown in week two, but he posted a season low across the board in week three, catching two passes for five yards on three targets. His targets and yards have now dwindled every game this season. 
Um, he is firmly behind Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin in the target pecking order. And then there's just Jahan Dotson who, and the running backs who compete for more targets. Uh, the lackluster of guaranteed volume paired with the matchup against the Cowboys who have been great against tight ends this season. And this week, it's just a time to get away from Thomas. All right, before we wrap it up, I got a couple guys that some players I want to sell high on. If they're on your team, look to trade them and get some value. First one's going to be Cordero Patterson out of Atlanta. He is still not seeing a worthwhile role as a receiver. One target in for his second straight week, but getting it done as a rusher with 17 carries for 141 yards and a score. But because Atlanta doesn't project to be projecting many leads for the remainder of the season, Patterson's week three performance is the perfect time to sell high on him. My other guy is Damian Harris out of New England. Um, in back-to-back weeks, Ramondre Stevenson has outsnapped Damian Harris by a vast margin of 62 versus 38%. The second year back is taking over this backfield as the preferred pass catcher and more explosive playmaker on offense. While Harris is getting just by on touchdown scores, sell high on him before this offense craters without Mac Jones. And then my other guy to sell high on is going to be Alan Lazard out of Green Bay. He's played 90% of the snaps in week three, but still only commanded six targets. It's been back-to-back weeks with a meh target share for Lazard with 23% and 12%. Despite full-time usage, although his fantasy projection has remained steady due to his two touchdown scores, it's perfect time to sell high on a player that's not being targeted versus his other teammates. All right, some guys to target possibly. I got two of them right now. Go get Javante Williams out of Denver. Uh, The Denver running backs were heavily involved as receivers Sunday night with Javante and Melvin, both seizing five-plus targets. Uh, Williams led the team with 15 carries, followed by Gordon with 12, but the usage was more split than in week two. Williams playing just 45 snaps, uh, 45% snap share to Melvin Gordon's 38 With the number three running back, Mike Boone, seeing just playing time of 19%, his snap rate was only 65 in week two. Gordon also scored the lone rushing touchdown last week. Um, So I'd be looking to buy Williams uh, before they play the Raiders, the 0-3 Raiders, yes, uh, and he has a monster game. The other guy I'm looking to target right now is Brees Hall, the New York Jets running back. Seeing the massive massive target volume over Michael Carter in week three is his eye-opening uh, 11 to 12 getting the workload, and they're going to be going to him more than Carter. Uh, the carries were more split, 8 to 11 in favor of Carter, although they both rushed for 39 yards, and Hall outsnapped Carter 51 to 49 for the first time all season. Buy Hall now before a massive breakout game is coming, and it's coming in, I don't know, two of these next three games. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. The next show is week three injury report. I want to say thank you for listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you are watching or listening on. Please leave that rating and review. It really helps me out. All right. Till next time. See ya.